0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines. I'm Ryan Lever, joined always by Chad Gordon. Chad, what a weekend it was and what a good start of the week it was for the Cubbies as they are back at 500. It, happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter, Easter edition of
1: the show to you as well. And, and yeah, I mean, it just – we talk about a shift in in, uh, in outlook, a shift in what's possible – um, we've seen what is really possible from this team in the last seven days. So a lot has happened um, in this, this uh, you know, since we last recorded. And so I, I, I'm going to give all the credit to your beautiful new bride, Allie, because obviously if it wasn't for her coming into your life, agreeing to be beside you and, uh, and marry you last weekend, uh, I don't know, who knows where the Cubs would be.
0: Well, I can tell you that since we started dating, the Cubs have made the postseason every year. So I chalked that up to her a little bit. So That's nice. uh, nice. Yeah, it's it's nice to have that. Uh, Happy Passover to those who celebrate as well. Uh, It was a busy weekend for us, as I'm sure it was for you, Chad, as well as the Cubs. We also want to mention that our special seventh-inning stretch conductor this week is Josh Friedman from CLTV and WGN Sports. Uh, Josh is the host of Sports Feed on CLTV. So we'll hear from him later in the seventh inning, and he has some interesting thoughts on the pitching staff yeah. and everything going on because there is a lot to talk so, about. So so much to, to talk to. to,
1: and and he's such a, I mean he's he's out there in it in the trenches covering it. And then we're also gonna spend a little bit of time at the end of the show just uh, giving our thoughts about the passing of uh, the the just shocking passing of Chet. Topic. I mean, that just took everybody by surprise. And he was a guest on our show just a few months ago. And uh, um, I, you know, just anybody that was is anybody that grew up in Chicago um, had holds him in the highest regard. Really, truly, was the 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 Godfather of uh, Chicago sports radio. And, and his passing was quite a shock. We're going to talk about that
0: as well. One hundred percent. So let us uh, start in the first inning, Chad. And uh, as we mentioned, the Cubs after starting two and seven. For the year, well, they've kind of uh, started to turn things around, to say the least. Uh, they are 8-2 in their past uh, 10 games, and the Cubs are now 10-10 uh, as they go into this week after taking two of three from the Diamondbacks and then, of course, sweeping the Miami Marlins earlier in the week after. Uh, so I would have to say that I am encouraged now that we're starting to see this team kind of get back into the swing of things, so to speak, after a strong outing against a uh, a strong Arizona team and and certainly a, a a Miami Marlins team that of course is going through a rebuild, but won three very uh, you know strong games on the road. Uh, So with that Chad I am happy to see that the Cubs are back at 500 now we can start saying they're basically zero and zero at this point and uh, right in the thick of things Um, they are certainly uh, right there with the Pirates and the Brewers and of course the Cardinals as uh, we start the week against a very. Uh, tough Dodger team as we go into the new week of the year. So with that being said, uh, how encouraged are you by this past week seeing the Cubbies and the way they've been playing?
1: You know, I've, I've not been worried. I mean, we just did our file our taxes last week. So we can't, you know, we can't be out of the situation just yet. You know, a couple things to note, uh, it never feels good to start two and seven. I mean, that was that's about as bad as it gets. But At about this time last year, we had about the same record, and somehow that team went on to rattle off 95 total wins. And so, you know, the things that have been really encouraging in the last week is, is uh, there was a, a point in time where the, the Cubs had 29, 28 or 29, I apologize, I'm off by an inning, but 29 straight scoreless innings by the pitching staff, which is incredible. You know, it was nice to have the Marlins there and, and their anemic offense at the time. But then also um, you had three of the the, the Cubs starting pitchers, pitchers in a row um put up quality outings um, and we're averaging under a .85 ERA. So we're going to break down individual aspects of of different pieces of the lineup, but you know right now, when you look at at what um, Javi Baez has continued to do and how he has been the absolute spark plug defensively offensively he is just he is such a, an incredible talent, um, and he has really put the team on his shoulders among other guys on the team. Jason Hayward has been absolutely fantastic. Um, but, you know, I look to those two guys, um, Al Morrow's incredible defense, Wilson Contreras stepping up when we lost Victor Carantini, um, and then the pitching staff, which we were concerned about, um, we've seen some signs of great brightness. So I, I'm, I'm, really, uh, in, in, I'm really happy to see that the team is, is back to 500 because it just gives everybody an opportunity to take a bit of a, a deep breath. They can go out. If they could start winning series here on out, this is going to be a heck of a team to
0: contend with. All right, so let's move to the second inning, and you spoke about uh, players as far as uh, guys who are really stepping up. Well, one of those guys is, of course, David Bodie, who has really just been terrific playing any side of the field. He's uh, obviously been playing a lot of third, a lot of second, and, of course, more importantly, had the game-winning RBI on Sunday as the Cubs won 2-1 to over the Diamondbacks. And then after the game, David Bodie, they wanted to uh, have an interview with him. He said, you got to make it quick because my wife is going to be induced I'm going to be having my baby. Uh, so congratulations to David Bodie and his wife. Uh, not a bad way to end the weekend. You uh, win the game for the Cubbies with a game-winning RBI in the bottom of the ninth inning with a single. And then you meet your child mm-hmm. uh, that later that night. So terrific stuff by him. Um, man, I got to tell you, he's in 295 right now, Chad, at, the, uh, at, at this recording. And, you know, a home run, nine RBIs. But, man. David Bodie, he's not hitting the ball hard, but when he is hitting the ball, it's going in play and it's it's him getting on base and that is just such a great thing to see, especially for a guy who kind of came out of nowhere last year filling in for Chris Bryant. So I'm really excited for what I've been seeing from David Bodie uh, so far early in 2019.
1: Yeah, and, and I love the story that you know that 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 he uh, is is you know literally you know took off as his, his jersey um, went to O'Hare and caught a flight out to Colorado. It's it's going to be his third child. So first off, well wishes, positive vibes from 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 us to to the David Bodie family to a happy, healthy child. Um, another really cool story about that. I don't know if you knew this. Um, Anthony Rizzo called it a grand slam baby. And so it is exactly 36 months to the day, or 36 weeks, rather, to the day of the Grand Slam against the Washington Nationals. So read into that as you will. But wow. uh, the timing on that is pretty amazing. Um, you know, the, the thing that, that really excites me about David, I, you know, you mentioned it. The fact that he can kind of play I- anywhere um, is very versatile, um, is just when he's up to bat, when you were watching that game, when anybody was watching that game with runners on first and third, with no outs, David's up to bat. All the confidence in the world that he was going to get it done because, in his short time um, on the Cubs, he's had four walk-off hits and and obviously the Washington one is the most famous one probably the most famous hit of the 2018 season but this kid is clutch this kid is able to get it done when it matters he reminds me of a of a beefier a little uh, a little bit more power hungry um, uh, Ben Zobrist. so uh, David Bodie who would have thought when he came in to give uh, Brian a spell that he'd be he'd, he'd factor in so incredibly important here in the future of the Cubs
0: well, let's move on to the third inning now, and we go from the offense to the pitching. And one pitcher who, of course, the Cubs thought was going to be a, uh, a big factor for the team last year and just clearly was not was Tyler Chatwood. And today, or rather on Sunday, Chatwood goes out, pitches six shutout innings against the Diamondbacks, earns uh, you know, the opportunity to uh, possibly get a win. He doesn't, gets the no decision. But regardless, still pitched a great game. Spelling relief for John Lester, who uh, is certainly, uh, you know, we've been waiting for him to come off the IL, and that looks like that'll happen soon. But talking about Chatwood, uh, 71 pitches. I I mean, man, was that just such a great thing to see today, especially from a guy who struggled so much last year. You just didn't know if you were going to be able to, you know, have confidence in him at all. Starts out walking – uh, his first batter, and then kind of calmed down. And and what a great performance by Tyler Chatwood, who's starting to look like he might be like the new Mike Montgomery. Yeah. I know that might be a little early to say that, but uh, man, I would love to be able to see him more consistently if he can go out there and and kind of pitch the way that he did on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really funny the way it started with that first pitch hitting the backstop back screen rather. And then the next three pitches, not getting anywhere near the strike zone. I mean, there wasn't a Cubs fan in the world who had any hope or or optimism for today. And then he goes out and instead of, you know, getting shut down at 75 pitches when we all expected in the fourth inning, maybe getting into the fifth, but probably the fourth, he takes it all the way as deep as he did. And, and, What was really interesting for me was the fact that he had this poise, he had this control. He's doing what you Darvish has just just backed off from doing and has kind of chosen not to do. Tyler just went after the strike zone, threw strikes, put it in there, um, had the team, uh, had the the Diamondbacks, rather, um, uh, hitting a lot of ground balls, a lot of weak contact, um, induced a couple of, uh, of double plays, especially that first one that really settled in in the in the first inning. I had this really interesting comment. You talked about Mike Montgomery, perhaps that could be the situation, but let's say any of the five starters needs a spell, if something happens. Tyler could be the option. I know we're all getting excited about one start and I had this discussion with one of the the greatest Cubs, uh haters, but baseball fans, big Cardinal fan, uh um, Jeremy Common, you know, you you know Jeremy well as well and, and we are talking online, I said it's just great that we now have this weapon at our disposal. And he said, I don't know if one game can be a weapon, but you know what? Today we needed it and we got six scoreless innings. Uh, Tyler Chatwood has as many quality starts as you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks combined this year. So you know what? It's a weapon. I'll take it. And honestly, I can't wait for the next Tyler Chatwood
0: start. Well, let's move on to the fourth inning now. And from uh, one guy who had a very positive outcome to another pitcher who Not the outcome that he was hoping for. Brandon Morrow uh, felt Mm -hmm. some stiffness and some discomfort after a uh, simulated session uh, that he was throwing. And after all this time, the Cub fans were waiting for Brandon Morrow to come back and be the closer of this team. Uh, Another setback. And now, once again, we are left unsure as to when Brandon Morrow will come back, if at all. Uh, really, really rough here, and really tough to deal with because, man, so many people were just wanting that closer so bad, especially with the way the bullpen had been uh, last year, and of course the beginning of this year. Um, what sort of pressure do you think it puts on this bullpen, uh, knowing that Morrow is still not out? I mean, I, I as Joe Madden, I mean Pedro Strop has been terrific, and I mean, yes, you can you know continue to have him in that role, but. The Cubs are still looking for that kind of eighth inning guy who is a good setup pitcher that can kind of come in. That was Stroke. And then you go to Morrow. I'm just concerned that, you know, hopefully they can find somebody who can be in that role uh, because, man, it it is just really devastating to hear that Morrow is not going to be ready uh, for quite some time.
1: Yeah, you know who knows if we're going to see him again. It was either it was either a, a friend of the show, Dave Kaplan, or Mark Silverman, and I I, I can't remember which one, but one of them tweeted out uh, yesterday uh, on Saturday, rather, you know, w- do you really think we're ever going to see? Uh, Uh, Brandon pitch another pitch uh, in in a Chicago Cubs uniform and and he does have another year on his contract so it's not as if this is his last year Um, but he is riddled with issue issues and injuries Uh, he has been injury prone in his career and you know uh, being shut down, those are words you don't want to hear about anybody. It, it raises the specter, like you said, will this force the hand of the front office to do something? Now, if he shut down permanently, you've got insurance dollars, there's less of a tax hit, those sort of things, and maybe they could do something where they could go get somebody. But I think at this point, I think Pedro Strope is your guy. He had a little bit of a, of a hiccup on Sunday. Um, but otherwise, the bullpen over the last 10, 11 games, pretty darn solid and hasn't been you know, scuffling as much as they did to start the year. Um, it is interesting with CJ going down, you called it, um, they've been more consistent, and, uh, and you're right. I think what we're going to find is there's going to be some players that are going to assume their role and they're going to find their way, um, and we're starting to see some of those things happen. In terms of going out and to get a guy, i am still be very surprised if that happens. I think the only way they'll do that is when they know that Morrow is out for the season and they've not said that yet but being shut down that's the next closest thing
0: all right let's move on to the fifth inning from some bad news about one pitcher to uh well I guess some mediocre news about another Hugh Darvish who uh started last year uh just rocky start then was out for the rest of the year he has come back but man, he has not looked good in uh, really any of his starts. The one start he looked okay in was against the Miami Marlins earlier in the week, and he pitched okay. Um, but he is the only pitcher on the Cubs staff, Chad, that has not had a quote-unquote quality start, which is considered six or more innings in a game. Um, he throws a locked 18 batters so far this year. Um, you know, while he strikes out a decent amount of pitch uh, players, his ERA is near six and he is one in three right now uh, as we head into this week. And we talk more about that with Josh Friedman. but what do you do with Hugh Darvish at this point? I mean, I I guess you just got to keep throwing him out there until he finds himself, but it's really just starting to worry me because I feel like he's a little bit more of a liability than I would have thought. And he is, he is such a talented pitcher has such great stuff, but for whatever reason, he is just not figuring out how to be what he used to be um, and, and it's starting to really um, hurt this team and, and that's a concern. Uh, I have concerns about this. What, where do you stand on it?
1: Well it it, it, it's, it, is, it is concerning you know he did he gave up three runs he had the, the, the back-to-back home runs he gave up as well. Um, not a you know not where you wanted uh, to see. Uh, him kind of go he got no run support in the most recent game so you can't you can't fault him you know for that um, the, the the problem is is he continues to nibble he continues to you know feel the strike zone versus going right after it and uh, the challenge there is you know does he give up the home runs because he's going right after after the, the strike zone does he feel like he can't trust his stuff stuff to uh, um, you know to attack the strike zone and he continues to walk players at a, at a very alarming rate his ERA is off the chart. His walk rate super high. Um, you know, here's the thing. Remember what I said. I said if he could be a three or a four, we're going to be just fine because we've got some horses there. And so if he can work himself to a three or a four, um, that would be a win. Right now he is looking at being a five, and that's where he is right now. And every, every single uh, – Basically, every single uh, uh, lineup out there, there's not a quality one to five all the way through that could be your ace. And right now, you Darvish is definitely not the ace, um, but he is trying to figure things out. Um, I'm not concerned at a point where you're looking to make a change, not in any way, shape, or form. You know, he made eight starts last last year. He's going to exceed that this year. He says he feels good. So I say give him a chance. Let this surging offense carry him. They didn't do their job this past week.
0: All right, so let's move on now from the fifth to the sixth inning. And where art thou, Brizzo? Chris Bryant, (laughs) Anthony Rizzo, uh, where have we seen this before, Chad? Both these guys, the arguably two best players on this team, unless your name's Javi Baez, uh, off to extremely slow starts. Now, I understand Chris Bryant, you know, certainly was nursing that shoulder injury last year. But right now, 230 batting average, just a home run and eight RBIs. And Anthony Rizzo, who, believe it or not, I'm not as concerned about because we've seen Rizzo get off to slow starts yeah. in the past, kind of works his way out of it over the course of the season. But, man, hitting 197 with three home runs and 11 RBIs. I mean, Chad, this is your number two and three hitter in the lineup right now. Um I'm, like I said, the Rizzo situation, again, I'm not as concerned with because I know Anthony has had a penchant for starting slow and then works his way to eventually hitting in the 280s and, you know, his usual 30-plus and 100 RBIs. Yeah. Bryant's I'm a little more concerned about because he has still not been able to kind of find his rhythm uh, as he goes through the season. Um, I, I, I certainly don't think you, you bench him. I mean, you have to play him. And I think Joe Madden's done a nice job of kind of trying to switch it up with him. But, uh, you know, there are things that I look at with Chris Bryant and say, I-, I don't know. He does not seem to be that same player that won the MVP uh, once upon a time. Um, what, where, where do you stand on, on what you're seeing from Brizzo at this point?
1: So the amazing thing, is you as you talked about the last ten games, you know, winning at a, at an eighty percent clip, they've been able to be successful without any of their really any any contribution from either one of them. I will give you what you said about Rizzo. I'm not concerned because Anthony Rizzo just doesn't seem to like playing baseball offensively in April. I mean, that's just kind of his, his modus operandi, you know. So he's he is not shown to be no. a guy that comes out of the gate in a strong way. Um, and I fully expect him to get to where he is, and he'll have one of these runs where it's superhuman, Hercules, just just blown away. Looks like a softball guy at a home run derby contest. I don't expect that to change. Um, and he is the—I mean, he really is just the anchor of that uh, of that team in terms of defensively, and then just what he brings to the table when he heats up, when the the weather heats up. This Chris Bryant situation is very concerning. It's, it's this, this, he has not been right since the injury last year. He, um, I mean, how do you follow up, you know, college player of the year, uh, minor league player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, how do you do that? And and he's been struggling. Um, I am, I am concerned because he's not shown the power um, that he's had in the past. In fact, he's, his, his, the numbers don't lie. Uh, you know, the, the batting average are um, the uh, miles per hour off the bat on all of his swings are are, are, are trending way lower. Um, and I don't know. I mean, are, are they attacking him in a different way where he's not been able to put the good wood on the ball? Or is this truly an ongoing nagging issue with his shoulder? And if this doesn't get figured out, if this doesn't work out, um, he is playing himself into a – Slightly above average third baseman um, without power and that is not going to play um, and and that is a concern so we have to watch this situation I will say again it is early let's give all these guys a chance to heat up and thankfully the rest of the lineup is doing a heck of a job carrying their load <laughs>
0: Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. We're joined today by CLTV's Josh Friedman. Josh, who you can catch on sports page throughout the week on CLTV, also fills in on WGN News. And Josh giving us a few minutes here in the seventh inning to talk about what's going on with the Cubs this past week. Josh, welcome to the Friendly Confines. How you doing?
2: Hey, Ryan. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: It is great to hear your voice, and thanks for joining us. So let's jump right into it. Of course, the Cubbies uh, starting to gain some momentum, played very well against the Miami Marlins earlier in the week, obviously wrapped up 2-3 against Arizona. I think the uh, big story uh, going into the weekend would probably be The pitching, both on the good and the bad, let's start with the good first, Tyler Chatwood getting his first start of the year, uh, filling in for John Lester. That's got to be a nice big sigh of relief, I would imagine, for everybody in the Chicagoland area to feel like, okay, after the disastrous year he had in 2018, Chatwood comes out and pitches a gem of a ballgame today. Do you think that's an anomaly at this point? Or do you think Chatwood is somebody maybe the Cubs could look at down the road to potentially be a starter uh for the rest of the season
2: yeah it's funny i joked on the show before the start that cubs fans on easter would not be hopping up and down and you know pardon the pun there that's a uh, tyler It was good though Start today thanks uh yeah and and look he impressed no doubt about it. i think i would say his second best start as a cub he had a seven inning shutout performance against the brewers i think way back in april of last year so you had to go a long way back but Look, it's it's a guy that you paid $39 million for and gave you nothing in year one, and you basically said it was going to be a sunk cost when you put him in the bullpen. And if he can be a reliable guy who, if another pitching starter goes down with an injury, whether it's, it's Lester or whether it's you know, anyone else in that rotation, and you can count on him being the right-handed version of Mike Montgomery, then I think that's a plus for right now what you're looking at with Tyler Chatwood. I, I loved the control today, especially after coming out and walking the first guy on four straight pitches. And he was joking after the game that, you know, he just wanted to make sure everybody was uh, a little on their toes to, to start the, the game. His first start since last July. So we'll give him a little bit of, uh, of time to get going there. And, and look, he, he showed that he can get guys to ground the ball into the dirt and that is his mo back in colorado he had a 19 percent ground ball rate or excuse me 56 percent ground ball rate uh i was thinking of his his walk rate from last year which was an absurd 19 percent um but this is a guy who is going to get batters to hit ground balls to a defense in the infield that you, you want that to happen especially if addison russell comes back and takes over as the shortstop to have hobby Baez be at second base on an everyday basis uh chris bryan or david bode at third base so um Chatwood, you like what you see today. I don't think it's anything more than a spot starter or a long man in the bullpen going forward unless there's a major injury because John Lester should be back, we think, this coming week.
0: All right, so you brought up Lester. Let's talk about that. That's another good sign. I know Joe Madden said on Sunday that uh, Lester threw a simulated game, had a bullpen session, said he was looking really good. The Cubs seem to be, uh, at this point, Uh, excited or at least feeling positive about Lester coming back sooner rather than later?
2: Yeah, I think we knew from the outset of the injury, it wasn't going to be something that kept him out a month or a couple of months because it was a mild hamstring strain and something that he felt akin to a cramp when he was running the bases. It's not an arm injury. It's not a side injury and oblique. So um, Lester, I, I expected to be back in about two, three week timetable, and that's what it's looking like if he returns, and it would be great timing. They play the Dodgers at home. Quintana and Hamels are lined up for games one and two. So if you have Lester, that's three lefties against a team that does not hit lefties well. And I know we're talking about matchups in early baseball, but against a good team, playing at home, you want to take two or three in that series with the Dodgers coming to town. So if you can put your best arms on the mound, that's the way you want to go forward. And, yeah, John Lester, when he was – pitching early in the season, he was their number one pitcher in my mind. I think Cole Hamels has taken over that mantle since. But John Lester, with all his you know, um, his, his stuff has, has dwindled over the years, and it's not the guy that was thrown in the mid-'90s, he's had to kind of learn how to pitch again. And he is such a savvy veteran in that respect, and he's not going to overpower you anymore. But he, he's going to paint the corners. He's going to make sure – that um, he relies on his defense a little bit more as well. So if Lester comes back healthy, everybody but Darvish this past week has been exceptional on the mound. I think outside of Darvish, the other four guys that have taken the hill have combined for 30 straight innings of no runs allowed. So Hendricks, Hamels, Quintana, and then what we saw with Chatwood too. So if Lester picks up where he leads off, I like where the starting rotation is headed.
0: All right, we're talking with uh, Josh Friedman from CLTV. You can catch him on sports page throughout the week, also WGN Sports. Uh, you can also follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore Friedman. Uh, great follow as well if you want to check out what he's talking about and all the latest doings in the Chicago sports scene. So you brought up Darvish, Josh. Let's go there. Uh, we talked about the good. Maybe we talk about the bad now a little bit. Uh, Darvish, obviously, it, it almost seems like to an extent that he is just kind of. Uh, recognizes the fact that it is what it is with him at this point. Like it, it almost like he humors uh, the media when they talk to him, when they say things like, you know, how are you walking so many guys or striking out so many guys or creating so much drama when you're on the mound. And basically his response is, well, because I'm Hugh Darvish, this is what it is. I mean, I don't know if the attitude is good because he can kind of laugh at the situation or this is a concern because obviously we were waiting for him to be, uh, one of the top pitchers on this staff, and we are just not seeing it right now. Is it a confidence issue at this point? Is it a um, still a, a injury or physical issue at this point? From what you can gather, what, what do you think the, the situation uh, yeah, is?
2: I think it's more mental, Ryan, than anything. I think if you want to kind of uh, you know, look glass half full here, it's that he's not injured, and the arm – Looks good. The velocity's down a tick or two. We saw it reach ninety-eight, ninety-nine in the last inning of uh, his start in uh, in Miami, I believe. And and look, that's a guy who is going to fire back and he can hit almost triple digits, but he's not going to do that on a regular basis. And I am looking a little deeper today into the numbers for Darvish. He's throwing his slider a lot more than he has in years past. The problem is the slider hasn't been as a, as good of a pitch as it was when he was in his early years in Texas. So it's getting hit harder. It's, uh, it's not worth as much uh, weighted uh, runs against when you look at the fan graphs numbers as well. And also, he is a guy that's getting killed with home runs. His home run to fly ball ratio is 31% right now. His career is 12%. So you're going to see some positive regression there. Hopefully, uh, even with the wind blowing in, we won't see some balls get launched out of Wrigley Field against Darvish. But it's, it's a combination of the lack of command, and then when that's not happening – He's throwing balls that guys are sitting on and taking out of the ballpark. So um, maybe he's getting into his head a little bit about his pitch sequencing. And because he's been walking guys, how do I be a little bit more careful around the plate? And that's turning into some fatter pitches that are being um, struck really well by these hitters who, who know that they're facing a guy who's lacking some confidence and also lacking his command right now. And that's obviously uh, a killer to some when you're a pitcher, it's going to, it's going to, make sure you don't last into the sixth inning uh, majority of the times. And that's what we have not seen from Yu Darvish has got to go later into games. The strikeout numbers have been there, so he's still got the swing and miss stuff, but he's got to find better command. And when he proves to opposing hitters that he can throw the ball where he wants for strikes, they're going to start chasing the balls outside the strike zone. And that way we will see the walks come down. We'll see the strikeouts pop up a little bit more. And I, I maybe I'm still being a little bit of a Yu Darvish apologist. Uh, I've seen some progress over his last few starts so I think that's, that's a good sign that he's not injured and that we hopefully won't get another um, eight-start season like last year. But, boy, this does not look like the investment that Theo Epstein and the Cubs made for $126 million.
0: hundred percent. Let's finish up with this uh, as we're talking with Josh Friedman from CLTV and WGN Sports, uh, taking a few minutes here on the seventh-inning stretch with us. He's our seventh-inning stretch conductor on the friendly confines. Uh, Brandon Morrow suffered a major setback Uh, Cubs closer obviously everybody was hoping that this was going to uh, really have a positive outcome and he had a session came out with uh, some feeling of uncomfortableness they shut him down Uh, this has to kind of just let some air out at this point for a lot of Cub fans that were were hoping to have that closer and now uh, a lot of uncertainty you would probably say for the Cubs bullpen uh, not knowing when Morrow's coming back.
2: Yeah, and, you know, we were talking about this on my show Sports Feed tonight, and it's it's funny when you look at the investment the Cubs made in their pitching staff, not this offseason, but the previous one. We've touched on the names already. Chatwood, Darvish, Morrow, all have been bust up until now. And Brandon Morrow has always had the track record of when he's on the mound, he's lights out. He was so good with the Dodgers in the 2017 postseason and the Cubs gave him a two-year contract for $21 million, expecting him to be the next closer after they let Wade Davis go. And I, I, you could tell this guy has just not been able to keep a history of staying healthy. And it was inevitable that more of the concerns would come up. It, it happened in the, uh, the second half of last season where he missed the entire post-All-Star break season. He hasn't gotten on the mound again. And this is the latest setback, Ryan. And I, I got to think that we're not going to see him for a while because of the concern of uh, the way he has had these injuries pile up over his career. it's going to put more of a, an onus on Pedro Strope, who, of course, blew the lead today, got lucked out with the win because of David Bodie's RBI uh, walk-off in the bottom of the ninth inning. I still like Strope. I think he's better suited as a setup man, though. And, boy, you would hope that the Cubs can find those, you know, dollars that are missing from the Ricketts pockets to go spend it on Craig Kimbrell, right? Because he seems to be uh, one of the missing pieces for a team that's in contention. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, so I think Cubs fans should hold their breath on that. And, and right now, they shouldn't count on Morrow either. And hopefully, like we said with Chatwood, he can be a piece in the bullpen going forward, Stroke and settle into that ninth-inning role, C-Check as a setup guy, and you can find something for Joe Madden to work with.
0: A lot of questions <laughs> still to be answered, as you mentioned, especially Certainly. in that bullpen. <laughs> A lot of questions. Uh, Josh Friedman from CLTV. You can find him on Sports Feed uh, throughout the week. And, uh, of course, you can find him on Twitter at Josh underscore Great follow, so be sure to check him out. Josh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes uh, to join us here on the Friendly Conference. We would love to have you back throughout the season. Uh, thanks for uh, taking some time. We, uh, we really enjoyed it.
2: Anytime, Ryan. appreciate it, man.
0: You got it. Our thanks to Josh Friedman joining us as our seventh inning stretch conductor. Good stuff from here from him talking about the pitching staff and, of course, all things going on with the rotation and the bullpen. And of course, you can uh, watch Josh on Sports Feed on CLTV and, of course, on WGN Sports from time to time. And you can follow him on Twitter at Josh Josh_Friedman. So uh, our thanks to Josh as he is now our newest friend of the program and uh, don't forget as well you can find chad and myself on twitter i'm at ryan d lieber and chad is at at cubs confines we always welcome your feedback and would love to hear what you have to think or say about what's going on with the cubs and giving us some ideas about what we can do to make this podcast better for you, the listener.
1: And of course, uh, if, uh, if you're on Facebook, look for the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook headquarters. Again, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook headquarters. It's a thriving group of uh, like minded Cubs fans. We post the podcast. We do some original writing like blogs. We do game updates, fun things like that. Great place for you as well to get your your word out. We're going to do some giveaways as well as the summer goes on. So look for us there. So let's move into the eighth inning, and that is the important news. They've not named the starter for Wednesday, and that could signal in the possibility the Cubs don't want to show their hand, and Big John Lester might be back to make that third start against the Los Angeles Dodgers at home at Wrigley Field. As we all know, John went down after some heroics in the home opener, which they won 10 to nothing. but John went down in the second inning. So, obviously, Ryan, it's important for him to be back. How vital is it for him to be back, and are you concerned about his health coming back so
0: quickly? Yeah, well, certainly you never want to see somebody at 35 suffer any setbacks, but the one thing I'll say about Lester, man, he has always been able to bounce back From anything. I mean, this is a guy that survived cancer. So I have no doubt that John Lester could get back to the Hill and and continue to be the great pitcher that he has been for the Chicago Cubs. Um, Supposedly had uh, a very quality simulation game-throwing session that uh, was very encouraging, according to Joe Madden. So uh, it appears that John Lester will be back sooner than anticipated, which, man, the Cubs can always use John Lester. Uh, He has been nothing short of the most consistent pitcher this team has had the last four years. So uh, it is imperative for this club to get him back in the rotation because if there's one guy you can always count on for a quality start in this rotation, it is hands down uh, yeah. John Lester. So for me, I uh, I would love to see him back by Wednesday, and hopefully uh, that will be the case uh, and we can see a healthy John Lester back on the hill. Yeah,
1: everything's pointing in that direction. Let's move on to the ninth inning, this is a, a very um, – no, just a, This is a sad night, then. It's it's a, um, a friend of a show, one of our, our former uh, a, a guests, one of our seventh-inning uh, guest conductors, uh, um, arguably um, the godfather of Chicago sports radio, um, uh, just a legend of Chicago sports and sports media. Uh, Chet Kopic passed away in the last week, uh, and uh, uh, he was down in Georgia and, and was in a car accident at, I believe, his daughter's wedding, and, celebrating with the family but um, he uh, was taken suddenly and unexpectedly um, well before his time and uh, again friend of the show uh, somebody that has shaped many many lives uh, in, in the media um, Ron i let you uh, kind of have the final word as, as it applies to, to Chet because you you, you grew up uh, watching and listening to him I know what a thrill it was when you opened up that interview with his signature tagline um, you know what did he mean to you and, and what a loss
0: yeah I mean listen growing up as a kid Chet was you know the biggest sportscaster in the city I mean you knew who Chet was and not only was he about a six, 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 seven in height but you know he had a bigger than life personality as well and I had very uh I, you know uh, very several opportunities to to not only meet Chet but to kind of be around him um you know first of all He lived in the development I grew up in for a period of time when I was a kid in Glenview, Illinois. And then on top of it, I was good friends with uh, someone in high school, and Chet was a close friend of this friend of mine's dad. So I got to meet Chet personally on a a couple of levels when I would be over at my buddy's house, and Chet just happened to be over there, and I would sometimes chat with him. I I saw him uh, at some speaking engagements when I was a kid growing up, and then when I got the opportunity to have him on the podcast with you, Chad, um, I mean, he was just so gracious yeah. because, I mean, listen, we're a couple of nobodies and he didn't have to do that. And he was so gracious and so kind. And he said to me afterwards what a class act I was yeah. uh, after doing the interview. Yeah. And then he recently wrote his last book, unfortunately, which is, you know, he was planning on writing more, but his, it would, turned out to be his last book, Your Dime, Your Dance Floor. Um, he promoted that on our show a few months ago. And uh, my parents went to a book signing that he had in Northbrook near their house. And they introduced themselves to Chet and told them that, you know, they were my parents. And Chet could not have been nicer just telling my parents how, how great, you know, I was. And he enjoyed the interview he did with us. And that if we ever needed anything from him to, to please hit him up. And, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm a small example, Chad, because uh, plenty of guys in the Chicago market who, you know, very well. Uh, got their start because of the influence that Chet had, whether it was David Kaplan or Dan McNeil or Marcian Greco. I mean, insert person here, Chet probably had a hand in helping them. And as far as I'm concerned, um, he's on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago sportscasters. You know, for me, it's you put Jack Brickhouse up there and Harry Carey. Chet topic is right up there with the two of them. So it's a huge loss. He was taken too soon. And my thoughts and prayers are with his family, because uh, as you mentioned earlier, his daughter just got married, so it is an absolute tragedy to see something like this happen um so soon after something so beautiful in his family happening yeah
1: it uh, it it truly truly is uh, sad and uh and, and we're uh, um, we're better for uh, him and his role in in the in in the industry. So we're going to end the show right here. Um, We look forward to talking to you uh, um, uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, uh, Ryan, uh, take us away.
0: All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the friendly confines. For Chad, I'm Ryan. We appreciate it as always, guys. We'll hear you next week and uh, take a listen when you get a chance to our next episode. Take care. See you at the ballpark, everybody.
1: just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and
0: you're afield The first time you walk
2: into Wrigley
1: Game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're feel The first time you walk into Rigo.